Hello again from Eat This Podcast and me, Jeremy Chaffers. Back with no apologies in Ireland. We, we had two staunch vegetarians and one vegan who broke their vows and had burgers over the weekend because they just could not resist the smell around the place. So I am, I'm so happy about that, being, being um, an avid meat eater myself. There was one lady came back yesterday and she said, this is number seven. <laughs> now, not all in one sitting, over the, over the four days, over the four days. She said, this is number seven. So I said, you know, we're at... Um, Ballyhowra Artisan Food Park in Kilfinnan, County Limerick in Ireland. And uh, my name is Morris Gilbert and I am part owner and uh, I suppose the driving force behind what happens here. I was born and bred in Charleville about 10 miles away. But my father would have been from here and my grandparents would have got married in the church here in 1903. The church has long since been deconsecrated and it's now the main venue for the Hearsay Audio Festival which is what brought me to Kilfinnan in the first place. Ballyhura Artisan Food Park is where I met Morris, but pushing hamburgers on wavering vegetarians is really just an entertaining sideline for him, a vital one for hungry festival-goers, but not the main business at Ballyhura. Morris Gilbert started his working life in construction, but with the housing bust around 2009-2010, he turned to another interest – apples. Not mainly for eating, but as the basis of several award-winning bottled juices. There's bottled mulled apple juice with a mix of spices. Um, so we took that here in the Irish Food Awards and we got silver for best new product. Morris was on a roll. Apple and beetroot, apple and parsnip. I blended them and we came up with a nice flavour and we called it fruit juice, F-R-O-O-T. <laughs> so fruit and root veg. Then there's a hot toddy that's just the job on a cold and drear Irish morning, thanks to some black pepper and other spices. I had an idea for apple juice with green tea. So I, I blended some green tea with, with our apple juice, and we put a little black pepper and we put some spice in it. I bottled about a hundred bottles, and then I was trying to think of a name, and, you know, people had compared it to a hot toddy or a hot whiskey. So, um... I decided just to have a little bit of fun with it, and we call it Hot Frisky. The operation's now outgrown the ability to grow all the apples it needs, so some are bought in. And rather than have his own press, which would be idle most of the time, most of the apples are pressed by a friend of Morris's in Limerick, who sends great thousand-litre containers of juice back to Kilfinnan to be turned into Morris's various products. And the one of those products that really intrigued me was the apple cider vinegar, proudly marketed as unpasteurized, unfiltered, and with the mother. That's the somewhat strange translucent blob that occasionally develops in a bottle of vinegar. It's made up of jillions of bacteria, acetobacteria they're called, that convert alcohol into acetic acid, vinegar. So is Morris making cider vinegar as a canny way of using up surplus cider? No. Um... We are specifically making our um, apple cider vinegar. Everybody will tell you that their apple cider vinegar 
is made from cider. But it's what is the cider make, made from. You have to go back another step, and our cider is made from 100% apples. Whereas some of the other producers would use, it's, you know, kind of like the, the stuff that you buy in the shops or buy in the pubs. It is made from 20% apple juice, maybe 70, 80% sugar and water. So ours is 100% apple, and that is what, what gives us the age, I think, gives us the unique selling point and gives us the quality in our product. But it's interesting also because fermentation of all sorts of different fermentation was always used as a way of preserving the produce. So you're preserving the cider in a way. Yes, but I think it's, it's the benefits that it, um, it gets from the second fermentation into vinegar that uh, really enhances the product. Like Cider vinegar has been around basically 4,000 years. Yeah. Since cider was invented, some went sour in jars and they discovered back to the time of Hippocrates that it was um, of medical benefit. So, you know, having it analysed, it is natural antibiotic, it is natural antiseptic, it is generally good gut bacteria. Like, as far as colds and flus and that kind of thing, I take it regularly and, you know, I'm lucky I'm seldom sick. It's interesting. I, n- I, I never think of vinegar as being medicine, but I... I, I, I love vinegar in my salad dressings and all the rest of it. So do, do you treat it as a medicine that you take in that way on its own, or do you, do you use it in your cooking as well? I thought we use it in cooking as well, and quite a number of chefs um, call to us here, and they use it in various sauces. But I suppose then there, we, we do uh, small batches of speciality vinegars then as well. So rather than making our vinegar purely from... The apple juice, we would use one of our other juices. So we would use apple blackcurrant, apple beetroot, apple parsnip to make a cider. And then we would age that cider in a barrel and convert it to vinegar. So you're getting um, very unusual flavoured vinegars. Morris Gilbert is clearly a bit of a marketing genius. But what prompted him to move from his hot frisky and fruit juice to get into vinegar? A couple of years ago, I... um, noticed a a very distinct um, gap in the market because most of the cider vinegar that would be used medicinally was coming from the US, coming from California. So we decided anyway that, you know, this gap is in the market. There had been a drought in California, so there wasn't a good supply. So I said, you know, there is an opening here. So I set about setting up our own vinegary. So I went looking at um, what they call acetators, and an acetator is basically a big tank that controls the temperature, and it is um, pumping air continuously, so you're aerating the, the, the liquid inside the tank. And these were enormously expensive. So, you know, we didn't have the budget, and I just didn't have the money to, to do it. Um, so I kept kind of looking into it was eating away at me all the time, you know, what have you to do to make this vinegar? And like, I suppose the two main things, to simplify it, the two main things you have to do is you have to keep the temperature constant, and the other thing you have to do is you have to get air in to keep the bacteria. So basically inside in the tank what you are doing is you're creating an environment to grow good bacteria. I went away and I got a, a milk, an ex-milk bulk tank, which had a cooler on the bottom, so it just 
sprays cold water on the bottom of the round tank. The second thing I got was an ice cream fridge to kind of keep the, the thing cool. And I had a hot water cylinder for heating because when you get your bulk or your, your starter, it's like the sourdough, when you get your starter mother culture, you have to add very gradually a little bit of cider all the time, but you have to keep the temperature right. So there's a heating involved in starting the process. Once you get this process up and going, it is cooling that's involved. So eventually after a couple of weeks, you know, I got, I got a very crude system working. But I said, you know, this isn't going to work if I want to volumize or if I want to, um, to work this. So I got a friend of mine who is uh, a bit of a dab hand with computers, and he set up a, um, a board, an electronic board for me for controlling the temperature. Now, this was invaluable because ensuring that it didn't go above the prescribed temperatures, ensuring that the mother culture was live. Because if it goes above, it kills the culture. Now, the taste will be basically the same, but the culture is dead inside in it. So it's not doing the benefits for you. While it's lovely in salads, lovely for mixing with drinks or mixing with whatever, um, it doesn't have the health benefits if the mother isn't live. Do you, do you start off with a, a, a batch of juice, you turn that into cider, you turn that into vinegar? Is it a batch process or is it a continuous process? It's a continuous process. So what we do is we would get our starter at this stage of probably 1,000 litres and you add a percentage, maybe 8 to 10% daily to build that up. So we would build that up then to probably 4,000 litres. When you're at 4,000 litres, we would start drawing off. So we would draw off 400, and then we would put in 400 of cider. So this then might, ha- might happen maybe twice a week, depending on the, our testing. We do what's called a, a titration test, where we take a sample of the vinegar, and we put a couple of little spots of colorant, and then we add a base and that tells us the, the acidity. Now, legally, you're supposed to be 5% to sell apple cider vinegar. So we take it to about 5.4, 5.5% to give ourselves a little bit of a cushion. Occasionally, you know, the, the bacteria have a kind of a mind of their own. And sometimes they'll take off and they could end up at 6%. Now, this is influenced a little bit by the cider as well. If your cider is a little bit higher in alcohol, your vinegar will be that little bit higher. Um, so generally we would use a vinegar, or a, sorry, a cider of about 6% alcohol. We put that in and that gives us a kind of a 5 to 6% vinegar, which is, which is about right. What's your advice to somebody who wants to make vinegar at home? I suppose all you really need to do is you need to get some really good quality vinegar that has the mother. And if you can start that to grow... It's the same process as what we do, you know, that you can, you can yeah. draw off a little. I suppose the, the critical thing is the temperature because you need to get it to maybe 25, 26 degrees to get it active. Now, that you can do easily enough. But where the problem lies is that while the vinegar is processing, it creates heat. So it's the cooling is the important part. Now, this is why I say our vinegar can develop and we can prove that it didn't go above the critical temperature of 30 
33, 32, 33 degrees. Um, whereas if you were doing a batch, if it starts creating, what it actually does is it kills the bacteria. So it will still taste like vinegar, and you will still be able to use it, but it won't have the benefit of the culture being live. Because you can still get, in some of the hardware stores near where I live, you can still get a kind of a jar, quite a big jar, maybe two, three litres, with a little tap at the bottom. So I guess that enables you to draw some off yes. and fill it up from the top. Yeah, certainly. That, that method would work, and it should work for people at home. Okay. Once you get, but, you know, you need to get a, a good quality culture to start yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice for home vinegar production, which I am getting into. But I still wanted to see the industrial process. <clears throat> Ooh, that smell. That That's smell. Uh, it's that sweet, sour, musty fermentation. Here we would have our IBCs, which are um, our 1,000-litre containers. We would, we would um, ferment those into cider. And once after the six months is up, or seven months, that they're fermented into cider, we then use those through our, through our process. So this is our plant. So this was the first tank. This is the one that I started playing with, with the ice cream fridge and the, the hot water cylinder. So basically what happens here is we put in our stuff, we build it up to 3,000 litres, and then we would draw off 10%, add 10%. So it's, as you can see, the pumps keep it swirling around all the time, and our computer boards keep the temperatures right. So it's just a series of thermostats in the various liquids, so our tank would run at 29, 30 degrees. The tank is sitting in a bat, so the bat cools it. And then when the bat gets too warm, we have an ice maker that sends over cold water to cool the bat. So that is basically the process. So you can see here, Jeremy, this is our, this is our liquid flying around inside. Okay, so it comes down out through here, it sucks in air, mixes it with the pump, pumps it back around and you can see it in the glass. The one thing I forgot to ask was how they made sure that every bottle of Ballyhura apple cider vinegar did indeed contain the mother. Maybe they don't need to do anything, maybe it just happens. So, there it is, my thanks to Maurice Gilbert for striking up a conversation in O'Shaughnessy's pub and inviting me to find out more about the apple drinks I'd been enjoying all weekend. My thanks, too, to all the people who support the podcast with a donation. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode of Eat This Podcast, and in between times there's Eat This Newsletter, with titbits I've picked up all over the internet. Sign up for that at eatthispodcast.com, where you can also dig through the archives for all previous episodes. For now, though, from me, Jeremy Churfus, and Eat This Podcast, goodbye, and thanks for listening.